From the Tiger Cats Audio Network, this is Tiger Cats Game Day with Courtney Stephen and Mike Daly. Welcome to Tiger Cats Game Day on the Tiger Cats Audio Network. My name is Courtney Stephen. I'm here with my good friend, teammate, partner in crime, Mike Daly. Mike, how you feeling on this Friday game day? I love it, man. I love Friday game days because. I mean, at least playing, you get your weekend too. You know what I mean? So you get some fun on Friday and then you'd be able to get some Saturday, Sunday off. And I love Friday game days and to just set the set the tone for the weekend. I Isn't it, it, isn't it crazy how when you're um, in the football world, like Monday through Sunday or however your week shakes out, like the days of the week don't even occur to you. It's just, is it game day? Is it practice day? Are we, is it travel day? Those are the days of the week when yeah. you play football. Yeah, but, it's like okay, day one, day two, day three, right. and then talk about training camp. You want to lose track of what day it is? <laughs> Go to a training camp, and you'll feel like you're in yeah, you're Groundhog like you're in upside day. down. Definitely <laughs> Groundhog Day. Well, the Thai Cats, they're uh, packing up at McMaster. They've wrapped up their training camp, and this is the cherry on top of what has been you know, an eventful and, and grueling couple of weeks, but I know there will be a lot of excited people, both fans and players, probably even the coaches, to get to the end of training camp tonight, 7.30 p.m. They're playing in Guelph against their rivals, the Toronto Argonauts. And while this isn't, you know, the Labor Day Classic, <laughs> it's definitely a game a lot of people are looking forward to. We don't know how many of the starters that we're expecting to see in the regular season will play or will play substantial minutes. But it's just the the two teams that clash whenever it's double blue versus the black and gold. It's always a great game. Mike, what are you looking for in this game, just from an mo- emotional standpoint, as as uh, Hamilton and Toronto clash in Guelph. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Every time you're playing Toronto as a Hamilton player, you can feel it with the fans. You want to beat them, right? You talk, they talk about it all the time. The only the only game that matters is Labor Day. As long as you're beating the Argos, that's all that you care about. Um, but preseason's funny because, yeah, you have that emotion that's built into it, but I just you want to you want to get inside the coach's head and say, okay, how much are we going to show these guys? Because we know we're going to clash with them a bunch in the season. We know that you know we don't want to give away too much, but you also want to get your players ready. So, how much of the playbook are you going to open up? How much are you going to show? How much is going to be used during the season? And that's kind of the weird balance that you get in training camp, right? And I know at the end of the day, if it's a fourth quarter and it's a close game. You can bet for sure Coach O is going to say, no, we're beating the Argos, man. We're not letting yeah, this fly. Never pass yeah. up an opportunity to get one over to Double Blue. And talking about that game, uh, the lineups, they they were released yesterday. We've got guys back in the lineup that we're familiar with seeing, although we don't know how much they'll play. Chris Van Zyl at his regular right tackle spot. We've got Vorknow on the other end. And we've got, you know, Revenberg, Fontana, Gibbon rounding out the offensive line. On the D-line, we won't see big number six uh, in the starting mm-hmm. lineup, but you got Ted Laurent and Dylan Wynn in the middle with Julian Hauser and Carney on the ends. So there's been a little bit of a shakeup in the back end as well. Kariel Brooks is not going to be playing in this game. I mean, when 
you you've done all that he's done in this league. You you earn your your vet days. Um, but Alden Darby moving from Sam linebacker to that boundary halfback position. Also, some shifts around on the wide receivers. We're seeing uh, Brown moving into that slot back position. And uh, we got the, some familiar faces. Dunbar and Ungerer are going to be at that X and that Z or that Z. I don't know. Even though it's Canadian football, I still call it the Z position um, to, to <laughs> round out that wide receiver core. So uh, Dane Evans is listed as a starter. I would be surprised if he played more than uh, like three plays in this game. Because as a coach, you're trying to get certain things accomplished in the second preseason game. You know, it's not that you're trying to work out your your best new play for the season. This is an audition, right? This is the first and sometimes the last time a guy will play professional football or at least play in this city. So as a coach, you mentioned it. Uh, you're trying to work out some kinks. You're trying to see some guys. But, you know, what is the value of playing veteran players in a preseason game like this one that doesn't count towards the standings? Well, let me flip it back on you. You play for a long time. If I'm a coach and I come up to you and I say, Court, we got two preseason games and I, you're going to be our starter. You will be our starter. How much do you want to play? What's, what's your answer? I'm telling them, give me, give me the first quarter in game one and then I'll see you in week one. Because <laughs> I, it, I'm not, there is absolutely no reason on this marathon of a grind that I need to go out there and practice tackling guys when you know, I've been doing this for the better part of 20 years of my life. So not to say you can't always improve and can't always get better, but the risks and the rewards, we got to think about this, people. Mm -hmm. Think about how many will linebackers are on this depth chart, all right? Simone <laughs> Lawrence is backed up by five human beings. Now- They run out of room. There you go. And that's just to say that, do you think Simone Lawrence, though, though he is listed as a starter, do you think that he's going to get heavy minutes in this game? They've got to let all those guys who are behind a trio of backers who played all of the games last season together, knock on wood, they stayed healthy. And that type of chemistry is rare. You have to have a little bit of luck for that to happen. But all those guys who don't typically get minutes, this is their opportunity to demonstrate coach. I actually know the plays. When you call this drop, I know how to get there. I know how to execute the technique. And if the ball comes my way, I can break on it and do something to help the Ticats win. Um, I think that's what you want to do in this second preseason game is give everyone else a chance to earn their spot. But what, what's your take on being a vet player going into a second preseason game? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think, you know, you look at it and say, okay, maybe we want to play maybe a drive or two just to get used to, you know, game, game bullets, live action, that kind of stuff. But get me out of there, man. I don't want to be sore going into week one because m my path was a little bit different. When you're one of these specials guys, one of the, you know, second, third guys on the depth chart here, you know, you're going to be playing all the special teams and you'll probably get three, two, three quarters of, game time. So you're playing a lot in these two preseason games. And by the time you hit week one, you're about as sore as it comes. And week one is the hardest game. So that's what's big about this game. I think, you know, you get these starters, whatever they want, but get them out quick. Like you said, you, the risk reward is not worth it. And then secondly, this last one is, okay, let's figure out our 
back end of the roster. Guys that are going to dress, guys that will be up and down from PR to dressing and figure out who we want to keep around for those long-term plans, whatever it might be down the road. Um, but you got to get, like you said, there's <laughs> there's six wills on the roster right now, and every mm-hmm. one of those guys should get a rep. And I think they might you know, only get one rep score. because that's, that's there's not enough plates <laughs> to go around. Yeah, exactly, man. So that's why a guy like Sim, get him out of there nice and early. Nice. Well, let's talk a little bit about the trends. And obviously, this is game minus one. The season hasn't begun, but in week one, they're heading to Saskatchewan to play against the Riders, a formidable opponent. Last season, the Ticats lost away to Winnipeg and Sask early in the season. Ticats sometimes struggle out of the gate to get that momentum. They had a great close game in that first preseason one. And though it might not have counted in the standings, it can do a lot for morale when a team has to fight and claw to come back. It's good for the chemistry. It's good for the belief. It's good for the room. What is the importance of beginning a new trend to to bring momentum into the season? Do you think that winning today in Guelph against Toronto can be a spark that this Ticat team carries into week one in Sask? Honestly, no. <laughs> Honestly, I think I think it's a good test to get people on board, to get people feeling the action of a game. But at the end of the day, what's going on in people's minds is you said it perfectly. This might be the last time somebody puts on a professional jersey or a football pads. You know what I mean? Once you're done football, you're not throwing pads and a helmet on anymore. Um, so this might be the last time. So right now what everybody's worried about is I got to make this team. I got to make this team, right? And I can promise you at the end of most of these games, it's how did I play, right? How did I do? That's what people are thinking. Am I going to make this team once cut day comes? The nice thing is, is the feeling some people will get when they're out there. So we're talking guys like, now we're talking guys like Dane or the starting O-line. Hey, how did we feel when we were out there and had those few reps? Did it feel smooth? Did it, did we feel like we are on page? We were on timing, right? Did, was I hit my blitzes properly? Was it getting to my drops? That's the spark, I think, that you carry over, uh, how you felt as a group. But at the end of the day, you know, seeing a big kick like the end of last preseason game, that's awesome because that'll jack everybody up. But really, at the end of the day, the wins and losses in the preseason isn't as important. It's, hey, how do we feel? How do we get started fast? this season coming up getting started fast is is important and something that's real fast is uh, a guy who used to wear number 16 speedy b brandon banks one of the blockbuster moves it wasn't necessarily a move that tie cats fans were excited about but you know the guy who broke almost every record that you could break in black and gold moved down to qew to play for the double blue i'm not sure how much we'll see him tonight but there's a few car uh familiar faces Adrian Tracy, Ja'Garrett Davis. These are guys that um, had great careers over here in Hamilton, and now they're on the other end. What kind of matchups are you looking at in this game or position group battles from Hamilton side to Toronto? What are some things that the fans should keep an eye on going into this match matchup? Yeah, and you know Speedy's going to be that first one. That's what our fans are going to be looking at. That's what the Ticat fans are going to be seeing. Hey, how's Speedy doing over in Toronto? And I think it is a good matchup because what we were talking about with with Carriel Brooks, he's not going. So what we can see is that 
okay, Darby seems to be that Swiss Army knife that's going to be in that backfield, right? So to see Speedy match up against these guys, he knows them really well. Um, but it, it is going to be interesting to see how with Darby now at that boundary half spot, how that's going to work with him and Roll out there, right? Roll did a great job stepping into that boundary corner last season and, and really playing well, right? Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how that goes. And then, you know, Rich, Richard Leonard and Siante out there, I think they're going to see Speedy a lot more. Be interesting to see where the Argos end up using them. And then finally with Tracy and Ja'Garrett Davis, I'll tell you what, Ja'Garrett Davis is a an eye-opening defensive end. He can make plays doing absolutely everything. And to see how he carries himself, it'll be interesting to see him go up against Travis and Van Zyl because they saw each other every single day in practice. They know all about him. So to get that little, you know, tidbit of information that they're going to get from this preseason game. And then just to see how Tracy's doing after retirement, right? See how he comes back and how he can battle with these guys. But Fresh I think off daddy are- duty. Fresh off daddy duty with a brand new baby. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? These know. All these matchups are, are, are impressive ones when we look forward to the regular season. That front side, that wide side for the Argos, they've got Curly Gittins Jr., who is a young rising star Canadian out of Laurier. you got Brandon Banks, Markeith Ambles. These guys have all made plays, right? Going head-to-head with a Siante Evans and a, and a Richard Leonard, who have all guys who've played in multiple different teams. They've they've played together. They played against each other. The, the familiarity of knowing, all right, in practice, Speedy always does this little skip step when he's about to go deep. Or knowing that, you know, Curly loves to adjust his gloves right before he's the target of a, of a play or something like that. Those are the things that I want to hear about when we talk to these guys after the game. Give us those tidbits of information. And a guy who can really help point out a lot of these things is whoever's in the back in that center field spot playing free safety, you know, for the Ticats, that's Tunde Adelike. I've, I, I got I to gotta tell you, I've been nothing but impressed with the way that he's progressed and expanded his game because he came in. Yeah, we knew he could return. We knew he was fast and athletic. But just from the conversations I'm having with the other guys in that defensive backfield for the Ticats, Tunde's leadership has come a long way and he's putting everybody else in position to make plays. Now, sometimes they say that about a guy and they're saying, yeah, he's great, but he's not the fastest or he's not the most athletic, but he's the smartest. I'm not saying any of that. I'm telling you that this guy's got the total package. He knows where to be. He knows how to get there the most efficiently to make the play. And when he gets there, he's bringing the wrath. He is laying the pads <laughs> on people and making a difference. So, um, yeah, of course, they got they got corners. They got halfbacks to match up with the great receivers in this league. But, man, when the general at the back is making plays, it is hard to beat that Ticat D. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching number two ball out. Uh, yeah, and and being in that room with him and watching how well he knows football. I mean, you know, the the same way you and I used to talk, right? We, we used to – we'd be breaking down football 701. You know what I mean? We're past the – okay. Masters this, level. <laughs> yeah, is it going to be a run or is it going to be a – we've done that. You know what I mean? We're looking at all this. And he's right there. This – Tunde is special, man. I'm telling you right now, he's the best in the league for a reason. Right. And there is no question. He is special. He can move to field half like you saw last season. He can play back at free and he'll make plays everywhere. And the best thing about it is if you said, Hey, Tunde, I need you to go play defensive end. 
he'll be like, yeah, I know the place. He, he, he might know the plays, but hey, yeah. hopefully he doesn't have to go head to head with a Chris Van Zyl type because it might be a big what Coach O calls that big ball, little ball. Yeah, well, that's um, a turn and run away. Right. Another guy that might be going head to head with Tunde is uh Chad Kelly. So, you know, we got McLeod Bethel Thompson, who's safe to say secured his spot as the the key pivot for the Argos. But Chad Kelly's been making some waves. People are excited to see him. Big guy, played at Ole Miss, you know, Mr. Irrelevant in the NFL draft, which is always a great story. It's funny how the person who's picked dead last is way more popular than the person who's second last. Um, you know, I, I'm interested to see. They released Antonio Pipkin. I expect them to give Chad Kelly heavy reps so that he can come out here and really stake his claim as that guy who's behind um, MBT. Do you think that he plays the whole game? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think that it's probably because McLeod didn't play any of the first game. So I think they'll probably give him, I'd imagine, closer to a quarter. And then I think they give Kelly probably about a half. So maybe second and third. And then give, uh, I think it's Simmons. He ended up playing a little bit of that last game. And I think they'll, you know, round it out to make sure that they have some depth there. But it, it does go to show. And I had talked about this before with, with a lot of people is it is so hard as an American quarterback to come up here, ca- like catch on to the game in one training camp and be able to be successful. But obviously this guy has a little bit about him because to beat out a guy like Antonio Pipkin, who's been around, who's been a starter for Montreal when he was there, played pretty well and beat him out. And that just goes to show you that they're seeing something in training camp and they're trusting this guy kind of has, you know, something about him that he can end up taking that second spot and maybe play a few games a season for them. So it'll be interesting to see how he does against, you know, our defense, our back end kind of thing. Yeah, bringing it back over to the Ticats, you know, Matthew Schiltz, Jalen Morton. Um, these are two guys who, I mean, you stick with the same trend. All of the quarterbacks for the Ticats, they can make plays with their feet. We saw Morton do that last week. He he ran one in impressive fashion, showing people that it's not only that he's fast. He, he put that sauce on somebody before he got in the end zone. <laughs> yeah. It was ugly. Um, but they can also throw that thing. I think that's the trend. That's what Tommy Condell likes, somebody who can move the pocket, especially take advantage of this big field, getting to different launch points, changing the trajectory of the ball. Um, I'm interested to see Tommy's dispersion of plays between all of the people who will be backing up Dane Evans because last year we saw all three possible starting quarterbacks for the Cats. What are you expecting in terms of these guys? Are they going to come out and, and really try everything? They're going deep. They're doing play action. They're really trying to uh, audition and show off. It's not necessarily about winning the game early, but it's about showing off and you know going head-to-head with these two guys because that second spot really, I'd say, is up for grabs. Is it not? Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. The, what people don't understand about – everybody knows about Matt Schultz a little bit about him because you saw him play. You saw him get some starting time when he was there in Montreal. Um, Jalen Morton, he is a, he has a special arm talent. And I say that as in he can throw that ball. Like it comes out like a rocket. And to show off what he could do running around, that's, you know, even a bonus for him. So I think what they could try to do now is they probably try to get these two into 
a competition, right? And a lot of it is on the play calling to say, okay, how can we show these guys' arms off, right? It's going to be decision-making, but let's call a couple downfield plays for these guys when they're in. Let's try to give them equal amount of reps that are of the same play type so that we can see what they can do. We can see them head-to-head. Okay, how are we reading this play out? When we have a shot, are we taking it, right? If there's nothing there, are we running? But I think you're exactly right in this, right? Dane gets maybe a couple plays. That's about it. Make sure he's feeling good. And then competition. Here we go. Jalen and Matt, get them out there. See how they do. See how they do under pressure. See their decision-making and and let them show off a little bit. And I think, you know, it is an open competition. I'm, I'm on board with you there. I think that this probably will determine who goes into week one as a second-string quarterback. Absolutely. I, and I mean, they, they got this new rule in the CBA where you can have two quarterbacks on the field at the same time with the with the juke move, the dead leg that Jalen <laughs> put on on the buddy on the sideline. I wouldn't be we surprised if he got in the game as slot back and then <laughs> motioned into the backfield and then just threw 75 yard pass. I mean, you could the playbook can get super colorful when you got athletes like that. But we call that making somebody pray. I mean, Jalen uh, put him all the way down on the ground on all fours. He was praying to whatever God he, he prays to. But oh my, oh God. my goodness, yeah, <laughs> he couldn't stop him though. It was still a touchdown, man. So getting getting close to the end of the the talk here, I wanna I wanna give you a chance to highlight a key storyline that fans can pay attention to as they're looking at this game in the context of the season, getting ready for twenty twenty two. What are you paying attention to closest here and going forward? Yeah, so one thing that I do want to bring light to is the kicking competition. I mean, we saw it. We saw it last game. We dressed four kickers and you know hit a big kick at the end of the game. Big kick. Um, but specifically, specifically the punting because frankly, the punting preseason week one, and this is for punting. It's all the same for punters whether they're practicing, you know, in a game and practice. It's it, you're trying to hit the same landmarks, right? And to see us struggle a little bit punting the ball in week one of preseason, I'd like to see that kind of turn up because, you know, Wifford did a, a really good job and he can do some special things with the ball. But I mean, we need to get better in consideration from that first week because it just it can't be like that professionally, right? And second of all, having Craig Butler, our teammate, Court who's now taking the reins mm-hmm. of the Hamilton special teams. And you know for long enough playing here that that is a huge deal, right? Oh, because yeah. that wins us games, man. That wins teams' games, the special teams. And, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how he does his, you know, how he kind of game preps and plans for each of these games, what he does a little bit differently than we're used to seeing with Jeff Reinbolt, Right what he's taken that is the same and how he puts his own flair on it. Right. I think it'll be interesting as we go on in the season, how comfortable he gets and, you know, maybe he'll throw in a bunch of fakes. Maybe he's got some cool plays dialed up for, I'm uh, I'm sure that he's got a long sleeve shirt with many tricks up it, but (laughs) just to, just to circle back on the punting thing, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough game. Everybody's a pro, but you know, the, the punting, it wasn't there. It wasn't there. And we know continuity football when the offense, defense, and special teams play in sync is the key to success in this game. You can have 500 yards passing, but if the defense or the special teams isn't holding down their end of the bargain, it makes it tough to win games. You need all three phases. So 
the kickers, they showed up, the punters, this will be their opportunity to bounce back and, and really take that role, right? It's an absolute weapon when you can pin an offense back in their own end, when you can change the field, when you don't outkick the coverage, when you give your coverage team a chance, right? I think it's not always the most exciting part of the game for the fans unless they understand what it could be when it goes awry. We don't like to see people returning puns for touchdowns against us, but we love to see walk-off field goal wins. Those are exciting. <laughs> Hopefully, we... Uh, I mean, there's there's a number of storylines to watch in the kicking game. Um, I'm going to be watching that closely as well. But there's there's other ones that I, I'd be excited about. I'm I'm a DB. I'm biased. I'm interested to see what that starting lineup looks like in the back end. Will 22 be in the defensive backfield, or will he be a linebacker? I'm watching that closely. The kicking game is one for the fans to watch. The quarterback battle for number two, the offensive line, who will be the five to protect Dane Evans? These are all storylines that you fans can watch and pay attention to. The game tonight, 7.30 Eastern at Guelph. Argos are playing home to the visiting Hamilton Tiger Cats. And if you're not in Guelph, then you can tune in, or I should say you can listen in to the game on Ticats Audio Network. Luke Tasker, RJ Broadhead have the call. And of course, as always, Andy Fantuz and the boy Louis B have the pregame an hour before that. So thanks for listening. This is Tiger Cats Game Day. My name is Courtney Steven. His name is Mike Daly, and we will catch you next time.